Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Happy Saturday. Episode 892 of Coach Unplugged. Today, we're going to talk about um, footwork and kind of getting condensed and uh, with kind of one of the gurus of footwork. I think you'll enjoy this. This is a little bit longer podcast, but I think you'll you'll really like it. Um, It is a rewind one, um, but I just wanted to definitely throw it up there so that you could hear it. Um, And then also, uh, I want you to go over and check out our two sponsors. I'll get it out. Having, having, a, having a brain fart there. Um, go over and check out Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market, used by some of the top collegiate high school programs, professional programs in the, or programs, maybe they're programs, in the world. Go over and check them out. Mention Coach Unplugged or High School Hoops. I'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out um, teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If, you're, if you want to win more games in less time from someone that's done it, you want to learn from your Yoda, I mean, I've done this for 30 years, won national tournaments, won numerous state titles, professional people. I've done it. Let my, let me, all the times I ran into a wall, help you so you don't have to do it. Come over and join us at teachhoops.com and let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, it is a bright, sunny Saturday morning in Wisconsin which with no snow on the ground, so we're always excited about that in the spring. Um, and I'm very excited to have Coach Singer on. We, we, we were going to do this last week, and Coach had a cold, and he's got a newborn, I believe, or, or, or a small one at home, which I remember those days. You can see the pictures behind me that I, they've grown up very quickly. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have Coach Singer introduce himself and talk about his basketball journey, which is very unique. Your journey is a little unique from, from a lot of the coaches and stuff I've I've done. So why don't you go and 
introduce yourself to our audience and just kind of explain your basketball journey first. Well, thank you, Steve. And yes, I'm uh, a little sleep deprived and, and I'm sure you remember how that, that is. We have, we have twin three-year-olds and, uh, and, uh, you know, a newborn. So, Oh my God. It is I mean, the caffeine, I'll hold up my coffee. Mike. this is what gets you through it. It's like, uh, my name is Ido Singer. I'm originally from Israel and that's where I was born and raised playing, playing basketball from a very young age, but, had the opportunity to uh, to step up my game and, and play professionally at a young age. I started at 17 and played for about seven years over there until I was about 23, um, yeah, six, seven years. And then... Um, so are you an Israeli kind of, citizen? I am, yeah, and I am still. You, and, and did you have to do your um, military duty? I definitely did. I, I spent three years in the Air Force. Okay. And uh, that, that kind of, uh, that stunted my, my growth a little bit with basketball. It added an injury to my, to my resume that I, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen on the court, but that definitely added an injury there that shortened my career pretty significantly. Right. So there's pluses and minuses that I've always gone back and forth. We've talked about this in my stats. I mean, there's something to be said for doing that for your country. Um, you know, there's a, there's a growth there for a lot of people for you, for you, it didn't work out that way, but um, right. I think there can be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because I've had someone tell me that and, and it stuck with me to this day. They said about the military or, you know, wherever you, wherever you serve, they said that it puts you at a pivotal point of your life. It puts you in front of such a diverse group of people that you would never get a chance to be exposed to. Yeah. It makes you, it, it makes you better. It might not seem like that at the moment, but it really makes you better. And it helps me in so many facets of what I do. Uh, just be able to relate to different people because my background is not everybody's background. But right. as a coach, you know you have to connect with them at some level. And it does help me uh, connect with them at, at some level. I love that, too. I love that diversity part of it, too. It's mm -hmm. like, yes. I mean, my, the school I teach in is a very diverse community. And there's mm -hmm. suburbs outside that are not as diverse. And I just... I keep telling my wife and all the people that will listen to me, it's like that, that's what it's about. It's about learning because until you've walked in someone else's shoes, you know, it's hard. It's hard to know. Um, you can read and do all that, but until you interact, it's hard. Yeah. All right. So you were playing basketball at 17, which is crazy. It's like the balls yeah. playing in Lithuania, you know? It was, it was crazy. That year was insane because I played for uh, you know like you have the you have the clubs over there it's not the same right. system as here yeah so you have a youth club and then you have their professional team right i played at four different uh organizations at that time when i was 16 17 i played for my club team i played for their professional team i played for the 16 and under national team and i've played for my high school team right so my daily schedule was um, was fun. I liked it. My grades weren't really up to par. <laughs> and, how, and how tall are you, Coach? Um, yeah, I'm six five. Okay, and, uh, so do you think that hurt? So I have a theory. I'm a stats teacher. Do you think all that playing with your big frame? Because you're again not a nor anybody above you know six foot is not normal. You're taller than the average human. Average. I don't know what the average height in Israel is, but in the U.S. it's like five ten, five eleven for a male. Mm -hmm. So you think that that pounding and all that affected your body? You know, I I don't know, but I will I will say two things. Um, one, I my biggest growth spurt was between the ages of uh, I believe fourteen and 17 okay I up a bunch of inches i was not a tall kid right um do you think there's something to be said about proper recovery 
Yeah, and the muscle you you you're you're like a gazelle being born. You're you're growing so fast that your athleticism and muscle has not caught up with your growth. And I yeah. that always the reason I ask the question is a lot of the big guys that I've had, not the guard, um, the bigger kids, the 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 more games, uh, it seems like their bodies break down. But all right, so I got us totally. This is like my adult ADHD. I get us off task. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but let's go back to let's go back. So you played in Israel. Then mm -hmm. what happened after that? Then I, and you know, like you said, it, it, something didn't click with me physically and, and on the court. And at a young age, I had to, I had to hang it up. I was kind of a tweener. I was a six, five post Yeah, playing the league of 10, six, 11. Yep. Uh, it, you know, the money wasn't there. I wasn't being sought after the way I wanted to be. And it didn't feel good. It didn't, the game kind of stopped feeling great for me. Yep. So I took a big hiatus. I moved to the States. I moved to San Diego and uh, went to school there for, for a couple of years. Uh, later on, moved to New York. Good move on San Diego. Great, great city. Great weather, too. Oh, I love that. I'm still trying to convince my wife it's a place to go. <laughs> so maybe you can help me with that at some yeah. point. Um, yeah, so uh, moved to New York, stayed there for a few years, uh, eight years, actually, and then didn't do anything basketball-wise. But the last three years of my New York time, I got the bug again. So I wanted to start at the lowest levels. I, uh, I, I did coach a little bit in Israel. I did youth and, and I did some scouting for a professional team, but that was, you know, long in the past. So I wanted to coach at the middle school level and at the high school level, JV. I yeah. wanted to go grassroots a little bit and, and hone my craft, you know, really get back into it, which is what I did over the school and JV boys and girls together at the same time for three years and moved uh, from there. My wife and I moved to Massachusetts. I started getting into AAU and Division Three as an assistant in Massachusetts at the same time. Okay. Um, and I think that's where the journey gets a little silly because I start, I start jumping around. I wanted to get exposed to different coaches and different methods and, and really grow my, my coaching. So from Division Three, I moved to Division One as a dobo, as a director of ops right. uh, in uh, UMass Lowell. Then after that, my twins were born. I took a long nine-month break, which I would not change for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It allowed me to stay at home with my wife, help out, and, and see my, my girls grow for the first nine months, which was just, if anybody gets a chance to do that. No, do I know. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I got to spend a lot of time with my kids when they were little. I, would, I mean, there's no, you can't put a value on that because, like I said, they grow. You will be, you know, in 10 years, if we talk again, you'd be surprised how fast they grow. Um, no, man, just, I want to stop it. <laughs> I know I do too. Oh my God. The best is when they run yeah. home, when you come home from work and they run up like you're like, it's Christmas morning. My 16 year old doesn't do that anymore. Um, let's go back to your journey. Cause I want to touch on this for coaches that are out there. I think what's really important. Um, and I know in my journey, it's like, I learned so much from everybody that I, you know, and some of it is like, I learned that I don't want to do that. You know, I think it's, I, I think that's what one of the things that jumped out about when you sent me your stuff is like, you have, you have seen it all the way through and you've seen the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my assistant coaches is a former um, D1 division one assistant, uh, college division one assistant. And he mm -hmm. just, he went and saw it and he goes, Ooh, I didn't like that. I want to get back to where I can actually teach kids and we're not on the road in July and all that kind of stuff. So I think you got to you got to taste a little bit of everything to figure out. It's like going to Baskin Robbins. You want to try all the ice cream to figure out which one you want. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's yeah. so much to be said for uh, finding out what you don't want to do, not right. just finding. And so then, so what? So what, so what are you doing? What are you doing right now? So right now, I uh, I am not with a college team. 
I am okay. uh, kind of in the process of, of looking at different options and seeing where I might want to end up. Um, okay. I finished my career at Fisher College as a head coach. So that was interesting. That was NAIA Division Two. I can, you know, we, we can do 17 podcasts on, on that experience because for the, you know, the good and the bad, uh, it, it's just, I took on a job that had no facilities and, um, you know, no scholarships in a league that has full scholarships and beautiful facilities. So I wanted yeah. to take on that kind of challenge to see if I can recruit and if we can compete, which we did. So it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, a very accelerated experience in, turn, in, in, in terms of learning how to make the best with, with what you have. And, and really, um, you know, there's a great book out there, and I can't remember what it's called. And I think I might be saying the title of it when I say this next quote. It's called uh, Make the Big Time Where You Are. And we definitely made the big time where we were. Uh, I think it's written by a football coach. And, well, I think I've seen a quote on Twitter about, you know, where your feet are now is where you should be kind of thing. I'm, I'm again, totally paraphrasing kind of thing. Yeah. But it's like, be where your feet are. Yeah. yeah, something to yeah. that effect. I've seen that around the web a lot recently, and it, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's like, be where you are. So, yes. Yeah, so we're going to do, I, I already wrote myself a note while you were talking. We're going to do a follow-up on that. And we'll do a whole podcast about that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Because, you know, I, I, I can tell you, I'll tell you 30 seconds about my career. You know, I took over a program that hadn't won in like 40 years. We've mm -hmm. won numerous state titles. Um, we, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've had two guys go to the NBA, blah, blah, blah. We've been very successful. One of the winningest programs in the state of Wisconsin. And I'm going to tell you, and, and, and people that are listening, this is within the last year, I've thought about the next chapter, you know, what happens when I stop teaching? What happens when I do this? You know, cause I'm not going to retire. I just not, that's just not in my nature. I'll stop doing what I'm doing now and I'll do something else. But I've, I've started, you know, I applied for my first D3 job. When this goes out, by the time this goes out, it'll be done and I won't have had an interview, I'm sure. Um, and it's out on the East Coast. Um, but because I went to school out there. But I, it's just me starting the process of, okay, if, some, if a door opens, maybe I'll have to walk through it. <laughs> um, you never know. You know, all that kind of stuff is just, you know, you got to play it by ear, really. Yeah, you're right. My grandma had a great quote. My mom used to make fun of her for um, playing the lottery every day for her life, you know, for her entire life. And uh, my grandma looked at her after she told, my mom told her that it's, you know, it's one in a million, one in a billion, whatever the number is. And my grandma said, if you want luck to come in, the first thing you have to do is open a door. Right. So if you want an opportunity to come in, you got you to gotta put your name out there and do all that stuff. So yeah, you never know. You might get a phone call. You, what? Yeah, I, I'm telling my kids, I'll pack the bags, pack the bags, and they're like, "What?" what? And I was like, "Don't, you're, you're okay. Trust me, you're, you're okay." Um, so, what are you doing right now? Now you're running a. You run, what are you doing right now? Let's talk about what you're doing now, and then we'll get into some basketball. Sure. So, uh, so okay. right now, what I'm doing is uh, mostly changing diapers and burping babies. <laughs> but um, when I'm not doing that. You know, you try and you try and help out as much as possible, and I do try and do that. And, and you know, being the only provider, I still have to kind of figure out and and position myself to you know to provide for my family. But at the same time, like we said, it's it's a magical time. I do have the opportunity to be home with my kids and my wife and help out, so I do that a lot. I also uh, spend a lot of time doing uh, instructional videos on footwork, which is a huge passion of mine and something I believe is so undertaught. And even when it is taught, I think. There's so much that is added to it that shouldn't be. Yeah, uh, it could be a lot more concise and 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 uh, 
focused. So I do a lot of that and I try and, and, uh, and educate and share my experience and hopefully entertain a little bit. If you've seen a couple of my videos, I, I get a little silly there sometimes. So, uh, so I do that. Uh, I do a series on uh, footwork in the NBA and how NBA players use the most basic footwork there is. And there's that misconception that they're, you know, elite freak athletes, which they are, but they don't do anything that middle school players don't do. They just do it better, faster, more accurate. Right. So, um, so I do that. I do a lot of that education right now. Right. And are you doing, are you doing any like one-on-one work? Are you running camps? I know I've seen stuff of, and I'm going to put some of my stuff, some of coaches stuff, and then I'm going to refer you back to his site. I'm going to put some of my, some of it on YouTube and my site. So I can, so we can give them more, you know, notoriety and then people can find you. But what, what, um, are you doing other stuff other than that? No, I, uh, I don't do one-on-ones right now. Okay. Um, I will do some clinics over the summer. I, I do some work with the Celtics, uh, clinics. Okay. So I'll do that. The Celtics camp, actually, the camp. So I'll do some work with them. I'll do sporadic work if if there's an AU organization or a club team that wants to hire me to do some footwork clinics. I'll do that. Um, but no, I, I I I really just am trying to focus on three main things. You know, family, next step, and footwork education. Right. And now. are you are you looking? Are you are you applying for jobs, or are you just kind of sitting back and kind of seeing what what the where the world kind of falls at this point? I I am not I am not a big shot. I am not a big name. Uh, I still have to apply for a lot of jobs. I have a bunch of good friends that will give me um, some insights. On, right. on jobs that might open up or jobs that open up. Um, I'm lucky. I have, a, I have a great network of friends uh, that happen to be really good coaches. Right. And, uh, you know, I rely on them. But, but yes, I, I definitely am applying for jobs. And I'm looking around. There's, there's a few things. I want to get back to Division three head coaching. That would be my main focus. And, that, and, that, and, uh, and, and opportunities that, in Division two or in Division one. Right. There's so much value in there. Yeah, and there's so many applicants, so many people applying now. It's 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 really changed in the last I don't know, ten years even. Yeah. All right, let's do some. I have some questions for you. Um, let's do. Uh, geez, I got so many here. Um, all right, if you could only do three things at practice, what would you do and why? Go for it. You got it. Did you hear me on that one? If you could only do three things at practice, what would you do and why? Yeah. Okay. Three things in practice. I would absolutely work on shooting. I think shooting. Okay is the most the most important skill in basketball i mean we can talk all about defense we can talk all about footwork i think footwork is a big part of shooting right um but i think at the end of the day if you can't put the ball in the basket the most the best you can hope for is a tie so (laughs) i think shooting would be one of them right um I, i used to be big into defense and grinding defensively i don't i i'm starting to move away from that a little bit uh, just because I feel the game is evolving that way. So I would say uh, I would put defense aside a little bit. I would say shooting. I would say toughness. So anything with rebounding, anything with one-on-one defensively, uh, I would work on shooting, toughness. And, you know, I'm going to put footwork in there. So uh, <laughs> I believe, I believe so, wholeheartedly left that yeah, footwork. So let's, is, let's delve into the footwork shooting. thing, too. I think footwork is similar to weight training. In the sense that everybody thinks it's important, but it's really hard to teach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, everyone can thinks they can be a, a shot guru. You know, they watch a couple of videos and they can. But footwork is so precise, similar to lifting weights the proper way, that I mm-hmm. think it's a it's a really hard conceptual thing for coaches. Um, I think we all want to get better at it, um, but you know, again, 
there's 18 things we're juggling at one given time that it becomes hard. I- you know, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I'm going to try and challenge that. Uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, walk. <laughs> so if you can walk, you can you can teach footwork. Uh, I always like to give this example of, a, of a, you know, an inside pivot or a back pivot. Just imagine two siblings fighting over a toy and one of them takes the toy and rips it away and does a back pivot saying, no, this one is mine. Right. We've done that since we were two or three years old. We have the footwork in us. Uh, teaching it is not that hard. And that's what I'm trying to, to educate here. It's about length and angles. If you, if you uh, submit to the fact that wherever your toes go, the rest of your body is going to go, then you've already, uh, you already have a good understanding of how to teach footwork. Because if you can get your toes to the rim, if you can get a long enough step that is underbalanced, that is unbalanced and, and on point, then you have a chance of, of defeating a, a, a defender. Right. You don't have so much faster. You just have to beat their feet with length and angles. And um, yeah, I love talking about that because you, you're right. A lot of coaches believe that it's so hard to teach, so they move on. Right. It's not. Hey, everybody, I hope you're enjoying uh, this podcast with Coach Singer. I know how much I've, I've enjoyed talking to him. A couple things I would ask that you go over and subscribe and like, both on our YouTube channel at teachhoops.com and also here. It just helps us notify you when new things are coming out. That would be the first thing. The second thing is prices are going to be going up. We're in the process of moving our our stuff off of the site we're on right now and we're moving on to a new site, which is going to entail, anyway, you don't care, but I'm just telling you that within the next month, our prices are going to be increasing. So if you're thinking of getting in, I would get in now on teachhoops.com. I can't imagine a better time. Um, it's a great resource. Mentors, community, resource, any, anything you want. Um, and if you have any questions about it, email me at steve at teachhoops.com. And I will be willing to help you out for sure. Um, and even if, if you have, if you're an AU coach or a high school coach or something like that, and you're looking for a staff discount, getting your whole staff in, you let me know, and I'm I'm willing to help. All right, let's get back to the episode with Coach Singer. It's, it's the base of everything. It, it is the base. It's like the foundation. Um, if you could go back to yourself as a younger coach, so if you had a time machine, what would you tell yourself? Uh, I tell myself start ten years earlier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one has said that that's a great response <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you I, I see that all the time i i i fancy myself a, a decent enough networker but my network could have been so much more uh impactful on myself and on other people if i had started 10 years earlier i started at 30 i started coaching at 30 i wasn't straight out of college you know, at the division one school and I'm immediately jumping into the staff of my old coach who's a division one, you know, uh, right. Division one hole. So I, I would tell myself, man, you love this. Get into it. Right. Do it. Just start. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's helpful to anybody. You know, I think it's helpful. And I, and I'm not sure where this is going to fall in, but I talked to Brendan, sir, who runs coach, coaching you and was a former former NBA coach or whatever and we talked about networking the job that he had and he said it's all about networking it's all but it's really about relationships because he goes he hired everybody when he was working for I think it was for the Knicks or whatever he goes I hired everybody off of off of relationships not off of resumes um, so you're right if you could go back and build those relationships with people and expand that pool that you have um, because when you get into the pool of the, of the big boys, 
they're all kind of intertwined. It's crazy. Like, oh, I know him and I know him and I know him. Yeah. And we, you know, we went, we did five star, okay. I mean, five star together and we did blue chip and blah, blah, blah. And we, you know. Networking is a contact sport. You got to be in contact. You got to stay in contact with your people. You got to keep growing relationships. You got to be involved and invested in the people. Yes. And you, sh- you can never go into it expecting to get something out of it. It always has to be about what can I do for you? And, you know, it's hard to be in that situation for me right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not coaching in college at the moment. So I have to be uh, so much more uh, invested in my relationships, um, even more than I am on a day-to-day basis, because right now I have the time to give back. So right. what can I do for you? You are, you know, you're recruiting right now. You're preparing for next season. You might not have time. Is there a kid in Massachusetts that you can't get in? You can't get in to watch. Can I go and watch them for you? Right. What can I do for you? So, you know, taking advantage yes. of the opportunities that Oppor- you have and making yeah. sure that you invest in people. Yeah, and you have time. Like time is something people don't. Everyone has the same yeah. amount of time in a week. So if you can help somebody with their time, it's so important. Um, how do you practice? How did you practice plan when you were coaching? Did you? Did you do it at the end of practice? Did you do it the day before? Did you write it all out? How did how do you practice plan? I'm always intrigued on how people practice plan. So before my first year as a head coach, I had the entire practice plan for the year ready. <laughs> and then after practice, I realized that it was such a waste of time. And it's good as a reference point, but we're dealing with people, not robots. This is not a put this block here. It's not an Ikea table you put together. There are no steps to this. Right. Uh, then you find a piece that you didn't know you have, or maybe the piece that you thought you had is breaking. So you have to kind of uh, figure it out as you go. So at first I thought I had everything planned out and I was ready to go. But as the season uh, developed, I realized that I could only uh, have a guideline to what I want to have. So I would have a, uh, monthly goals. This is where I would like to be offensively, defensively. These are the components I would like to put in by this time. And then depending on that, if we have that, I would like to move on in the next month and get these one, two, three things offensively, one, two, three things defensively. And then as the, as the season goes on, the list gets smaller and smaller because the list, you know, there's less to add. Right. Uh, but yes, I would, I would have a practice plan the day, the morning of, I would sit there I would put all the most important things in front of me. I, you know, I, I put that aside. I put that in my brain. I let my brain go into auto mode and I do some menial stuff, things that I don't have to think about. And that's how I would get my best ideas, you know, right. um, just yeah, like, yeah. you know, Einstein at the patent. I know. It's crazy. I get my best ideas. It's crazy. I get my best ideas walking the dog and taking the shower. It's like when I'm not really doing anything. It's like your brain just kind of relaxes and it's like, that's a good idea. Um, Yeah. So I love that. I I mean, I think we all were in that boat at one point where we we wanted really mapped out. I I have like a spreadsheet that I use um, that kind of basically says, okay, this week I should be doing this, this week, you know, and then it can kind of, because, it's it's no different than teaching coaching is teaching and you know i can map out maybe three or four days ahead but i don't know where i'm gonna have to pivot or where i'm gonna like oh they didn't get that i gotta Mm -hmm. you know that's where it's like you know you you can go in with the best intentions but more than a couple days (laughs) you and tryouts are a little for the coaches that are listening and that actually run teams and have tryouts and cuts you can do the tryout schedule those couple days you can definitely plan those out um, 
but more than that, I want to go a day or two. I agree. Um, yeah, you can't, and, and you have to evaluate at the end of practice what worked, what didn't work. What do we need to sharpen tomorrow? I would have a pen with me, and I'd have my assistants run specific drills that I needed to watch and make notes on. Um, we ran read and react a lot at uh, Fisher. So, oh, yeah. So, Love you know Rick. all those diagnostic tests. And you I've, know had Rick, I've had Rick on here an hour, oh, an hour and 55. I had to cut him off. Like, we could have kept oh, my oh, it's crazy. Rick. I love Rick. I, I, I got on the phone with him. Uh, I, we used to get on the phone uh, at Fisher at the beginning, before the season started, halfway through and at the end, just to talk, you know, read and react and what worked, what didn't work. Wealth of knowledge. One of the nicest guys. I have a great story about Rick. I was uh, calling to get the new spots that they had. And uh, I was calling the customer service. And, uh, you know, on the other line, there's uh, customer service. This is Rick. Like, <laughs> Seriously, you are, you are the CEO and the janitor of your own company. <laughs> company. That's amazing, and you do any amazing, amazing. Yeah. He's uh, he's great. He's I a great told guy. him. I told him. I said I, one of the questions. I said, Rick, do you really realize what you've done? And he goes, What do you mean? I go, Well, you basically changed. You changed the game, and you invented an offense. Like, yes, it's yeah. a piece. Of, it's pieces of all these other things, but you put it in a package and named it. And I said, It's going to be here after you're gone. You know, it's like dribble drive. It's like the swing or flex, you know. He goes, well, I really haven't. It's like, you know, he's so – he he's great. I mean, I'm going to – I told him I want to get on and get a whiteboard in front of him so we can talk about, you know, some of the things <laughs> that he had talked about. It's crazy. Um, all right, can you think of one coaching moment that you can dive into our audience, for our audience mm-hmm. that would help them? Like at one moment, one thing that happened in your – when you were coaching – that we could dive into that would help them learn? Uh, so many. And they all have to do with failure. Um, I've had a moment in, uh, in Division One where I, as a director of ops, I had to take care of, um, you know, everything on the road. Yep. All the logistics stuff that was on me. And as a, as a first-year director of ops at a, at a Division One school, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, especially I'm, I'm a coach. I've never done any of that stuff. So learning on the fly at a very demanding environment wasn't easy our first trip was a four-day three-night four-day trip to notre dame that had so many moving parts to it that by the time i was done setting it up my head was spinning so hard and i was just praying to god that everything was going to go smoothly uh lo and behold our bus driver was one of the most um confrontational people that i've ever had and the, the least accommodating. So I had to deal with that. And it wasn't pretty. And my, my head coach wasn't happy for a very good reason because, you know, she shouldn't have to right. worry about things. And, and I was frustrated. My, my advice would be um, plan, talk to people, get all the information that you can, prepare for the worst, always prepare for the worst. Have a plan B and have your plan B, have a plan B of its, of its own. And when, you know, when it hits the fan, you you gotta you kind of got have to be like a duck. You just above water, you gotta be calm, and underwater, you gotta be pedaling like crazy to make things work. <laughs> and I and I and I do this when I like even when I'm working my son and stuff, and it's like we're doing some sort of ball handling stuff. I go, Drew, you just did that drill three times and you didn't lose the ball once. That means you're not pushing yourself. It means you're not accelerating because you know mm-hmm. failure is like failure and and there's all sorts of studies done on this but you literally have to push the point of failure to learn it's that it's i hate to say because everyone's using it but it's the growth mindset part it's like 
failure is okay, but what do you do when it doesn't happen? You know, what am I going to do when I apply for this job and I don't get it? What am I going to do if I actually want another one? You know, how am I going to change it? Or am I just going to go, huh? And then, you know, so that's where the, the pivot kind of comes. It's true. And I, and I like that you said pivot. So that, that pun wasn't, uh, wasn't lost on me. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the flip side of that story was it prepared me so much for being a head coach. It prepared me to no end because I had to do my own travel. I had to do everything by myself. And it came so much easier. So in the moment, you could get frustrated. You can, you can, um, you can get upset. Don't forget to take full it's all the, it's, time. And it's all those. I made excuses. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You're, it, 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 I did not. Yep. The buck stops with you. That's yeah, the, I, that's, I was not mature. Yep. And, and, and that's true. the crazy part. And, um, and uh, you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, um, I was saying, opening, yeah. Okay. It's, so it's definitely, it stops with me and, and I have responsibility. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's do, um, let's do, let's see. I have, oh, I have so many. Um, okay. I'll do this one. If you could talk to one coach for an hour, who would you talk to and why? I would probably want to talk to Gino. The reason is, first of all, I, I was, uh, I was next to him a few months ago. I when I when I was done with Fisher, I had the chance to uh, to go around and, and check out practices, which you never get a chance to do. So right. I went down to to UConn and and the practice. He was talking to this family next to me that he knew, and the stories that he had in the in the five minutes that he was conversing with them were so much fun. Just right. he he seems very down to earth. I've never had a chance to sit and talk to him. He seems very down to earth, interesting guy. Seen it all want it all and, and I, I would like to know I, yeah I, I would i would like to know what it is that he did in his development that allowed him to connect with people to the point that he could surround himself with great coaches develop a great program and keep recruiting the best players in the country year after year that's people that's right. not so much as and o's so right. that conversation yeah and the thing about gino i think what people don't really i mean it, it, Okay, so we're going to put this in perspective. He's had, I'm going to put air quotes for people listening. He's had failure the last two years. <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, he has, right. he hasn't won it, which is for UConn is failure. So you wait. I mean, they're going to win it again. Right. I mean, because he's that good a coach. He's going to take that quote unquote oh, yeah. failure and, you know, they'll be back. <laughs> They're not, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Definitely. No, they'll be. <laughs> Do you have any superstitions? Uh, no, I, I really don't. I really, really don't. I've heard about this coach that wouldn't kiss his wife before he left for a game because they once lost a game. No, if I do that, I wouldn't have a wife. So <laughs> uh, I try not to delve in. No, I, I, I really don't. As a player, I had a couple, but uh, as a coach, no, I just, no. I, I'm too, I'm too invested in what I'm doing. I don't have time for that. Yeah, and I think that, and I tell the players, I said superstitions aren't bad if they don't get in the way because what they are is they're routines. Routines are good. Mm -hmm. Like you want a routine okay. for pregame, you want a routine. So I said that's okay, but don't think if you don't if you lace your right shoe before your left that you're going to lose, kind of thing. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, so I love this. <laughs> yeah, I, for the people listening, I always send out like a questionnaire blah, 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 and tell people how we're going. And I go, I'm going to do some situational game questions. And you wrote back, yes, I will follow up three. So explain your following at the end of the game. What's your theory on following at the end of the game? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I was at the WBCA conference, and we were watching this game, the, the semifinals game, the women's semifinals game at the bar. Yep. And, uh, you know, the whole Louisville, um, the up three and all that. Uh, we got such an argument, a bunch of coaches. It, it turned into a, 
putting match, which was fun because everybody's smiling. Right. But do you foul up three? Do you not foul up? I kept going back to the fact people kept telling me, well, you don't foul because you rely on your defense. And what if they make the two free throws or make the first one, miss the second one, grab the rebound, put it back, or maybe you foul the put back and then they're back at the free throw line making one and you lose. I said, okay, but what you just named are four or five different variables that have to happen in succession for your scenario to happen. For me, all I have to do is foul you. You can make two. I get the ball back. So I have one variable. You need five for your point to make it through. Number-wise, it, it is not you know, overwhelmingly beneficial to foul, but you gain control over the game. They had a few seconds to foul. It was eight seconds to go. They didn't foul. They allowed for a shot to happen, and it was a pretty wide-open shot. Right. You let a couple of seconds come off the clock. You foul. You're down to five. Make the first one, miss the second one, fine. If you grab the rebound, you grab the rebound. I can, I can substitute, put two of my best rebounders down there. I can pack up the, that rebound. I can tip it. If I can't grab it, five seconds will go really quickly. Right. All those variables, it's hard for you to win if I foul. I have full control over the outcome. Not full, but a lot of control over the outcome. Right. So that's just my thing. And, and I like that. I like that, that, that. No one's really explained it that way. I like that because we coach so the boys or, or girls are in control. We want, if you, I mean, if you, you should be able to box out on a free throw too. I'm sorry. You should. I mean, high school worries me a little bit more, but we should be able to get the rebound guys, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the odds that they're going to throw it off the rim? I mean, come on. Um, no one practices. They have to miss the right way. They have it the right way. They have to put it back against a lot of defense that's already in place. Yeah, it's not. It's not easy to execute. It's not. Okay, so we're gonna go. Um, let's do. Let's do our rapid fire. So I'm gonna ask you a question, real quick. I always end with this. This is always fun. So I'm gonna ask you a quick question, and you're gonna give me one response. This was hard for Rick to one word. One response. Yep. So um, one response or one word. One one <laughs> response. One response or one word. Okay. Um, okay. What is your favorite basketball, like brand of basketball? Uh, Nike. Ooh, I have not had a Nike. Why do you like the Nike ball? Feels right. Feels right in my hands. I don't know. Feels okay. right. I'm not a good shooter. I can make shots with Nike. Okay. There you go. Um, one, <laughs> one word to describe your ideal player. Competitive. Okay. Um, yep. One sporting event you could go to in the world. Uh, oh, NBA finals well the bucks are gonna bucks are gonna win tonight too so people are listening to this or playing the celtics and then you're out east hey you're calling massachusetts over here watch out (laughs) i know i know i think my brother's going he lives in new hampshire um it's it's uh he's one of the best coaches in the country in my opinion stevens um he's crazy good um favorite pregame meal as a player or coach either one either one player pasta coach pasta All right. Uh, one thing you do to relax? Um, just watch mindless TV. I do that too. And usually I'm doing something else, like I'm, tight, you know, grading or something. Yes, I love that. That's like because I don't have to think. Um, best player you, best player you have seen in person? Uh, probably Kobe. Okay. Uh, best player of all time. Michael's winning. So, Michael, if you're ever listening to this, you are blowing LeBron out of the water, to be honest with you. All right. Uh, maybe it's because I'm – I bet if I was asking 20-year-old coaches, I'd be getting a different response. Um, one thing that, that helped you become a better coach. Listening. Okay. Listening. Uh, best game you have seen in person. Probably be this, this year's uh, women's basketball finals. This past year's been women's, oh, yeah. women's basketball oh. Oh yeah, I would definitely think that if you saw that. Um, 
one word to describe your coaching style? Giving. Ooh, I like that. Um, top top bench player of all time. Uh, top bench player of all time. Tony Kukoc. Whoa, he has not gotten a vote. Good job. Um, best basketball coach of all time. I'm a big pop guy. Greg Popovich. I like pop too. All right, one book you'd recommend? Uh, it's uh, it's called Start with Why, by Simon Sinek. Okay. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, I know the book. And why that book? That's more of a business mm-hmm. book. It's it's an everything book. I think it 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 challenges you to realize and ask the question why you do what you do. And once you find your why, it it's a, such a powerful driving force for every facet of what it is that you're doing. It helped me figure out recruiting better. I was able to recruit better after I found my why because that's easier to share with people. It might feel more personal to them. They might connect with you better. It For me, it really helped recruiting, and it just helped me with, with everything that I'm doing. I love that. All right, one thing you tell a young coach. You say that again, please? One thing you tell a young coach. Uh, invest in people. Invest in people. Network, players, parents, coaches. Invest people. Put That's the, awesome. Put the nose aside for a minute. I agree. Okay, so coach, what I'm going to, because usually people are either jogging or in their cars and stuff when they're listening to podcasts. So what I'm going to do is in the show notes, I will put all your contact information. Um, so when we get off here, don't leave. And then you and I will talk. I'll get all of that. And then we'll, um, we'll put it on there. But we are, uh, let's plan on it in the fall. We'll come back. And I want to, I want to, this is selfishly, I want to sit and delve into the whole college you know, your job there. No, I'm dead serious. Cause that I, the only way I'm going to learn is to talk to people. And I love doing that. So let's plan on doing that. Let's do it. All right. All right. Thanks coach. Absolutely. Hey everybody. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like, leave a review. We love those five star reviews. We're going to leave a one star. You can skip to the next podcast. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better.
everybody, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, that was brought to you by the people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Like I said in the intro, it is everything you want. I built it for myself. <laughs> uh, you know, as a coach, I'm always looking to bounce ideas. I'm looking for community. I'm looking for resources. I'm putting them all in one spot. It's there for you, 14-day free trial. Also, if you're looking for free resources, if that's not your gig right now, then go over and check us out on YouTube at Teach Hoops. I think that will help a lot um, as far as your growth goes. And I'm going to start putting up some of my mini lessons on YouTube, so that, that will help. And then go and subscribe and like. We sure do appreciate that. Have a great week, Coach. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.